What's up, everyone? Welcome to another Desolation Radio News Roundup. It's me, your boy, Dan Evans. I'm joined, as ever, by the boy, Nathan Cush. What's up, Nath? All right, how's it going? And I'm joined by the boy, Kieran Smith. What's up, Kieran? Hi, boys. And we're also he- uh, joined by head boy. Hiya. All. Hiya. All hiya. Wait, what's all his last name? Yeah, what is his last name, all? <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't have one. He's like a Brazilian footballer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome. All all does the graphics for the podcast, and we'd like to have him here, but he's just going to sit in the corner. It's mis- the Russian money yeah, yeah, he's that's right. Um, what is his last name? G-A-B-E. Oh, yeah. oh I, yeah. I, didn't, I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut that bit out. No, we'll leave um, it in. It's just all, all from Twitter, like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, all right, so, he's just a symbol, like Prince. So, <laughs> what happens? So, what happens normally? This is this, this is the fourth of our. Hard-hitting, incisive news roundups. They normally go on Patreon. Um, this where they get maybe twenty listeners. No, where they get a lot of listeners from our <laughs> glorious patrons, who are you know the, the people we love the most. But we decided we're going to put this one up on SoundCloud to try to, try to entice the rest of you, sort of the peasants and yeah. you know the the scum and band together, to, 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 yeah, yeah. To borrow money off your elderly relatives or steal money from your work or things like put that. all your wheat collectively together and, and sell it to and, market uh, and. And basically chip into our Patreon. So this is like a taster. This is what you're missing out on. This is how the other half live, basically. Um, it's a bit it's a, like, you know, eating lobster, yeah, steaks. Juicy yeah. content. Um, right. We'll Living on a yacht, like. So th- we're going to go through the um, the hot topics that have happened in Wales over the last uh, fortnight. And um, we said in the last news roundup that obviously there's variations on a theme. Like the news from Wales is so unbelievably depressing. It normally involves like huge government cock-ups. Uh, profligacy, um, you know, some mad scheme the Welsh government have invested millions in has gone down the toilet. A um, little bit different and darker this week. So the first, <laughs> the first topic we're going to discuss is the Alan Ken's uh, rape controversy. So basically, what's happened if you you have me watching the news is that Alan Ken's is so the candidate is he the assembly candidate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The assembly candidate in the Vale of Glamorgan, a guy called Ross England. Allegedly, you wouldn't have helped Cal- him if it was Ale- uh, Ross Wales, would it? <laughs> yeah, Kent wouldn't have. Kent wouldn't have bothered. I don't think even ale- we can. We don't need allegedly for that one. So Ross, it, Ross, Ross, Ross England, the candidate for the, the Tories in uh, Vale of Glamorgan in the in the, in the uh, Welsh Assembly elections, collapsed a rape trial um, deliberately. So what to get his friend off the? Yeah, basically, the, basically he, he was on the witness stand and said and came out with some cans ran in, shouted objection. Like, you know the supposed sexual history of the victim of this fucking trial and just started blurting out shit that, you know, really, yeah. he had no, he was not asked about. And he was, it was a deliberate and he had to no right derail to the fucking trial. Yes. And he shags dogs. So it was an attempt to get his boy off the hook, essentially. And apparently it worked. So this, um, so the, uh, the rape trial's collapsed. And, and and obviously this is such a horrific thing to do. Um, it's such a, it's, all, it's almost beyond the realm of comprehension, really, to, out, to think how, how vile of a person you'd have to be to do that. Um, then it's since emerged that, well, firstly, Ken's refused to sort of condemn him and refused to remove him as the Senate uh, candidate or whatever. Then it's now emerged that Ken's has known about this and just hasn't done anything about it. Um, yeah, because this happened like last year, didn't it? So the spo- yeah, so the spotlight has come out now, but the spotlight and the pressure is now on Alan Ken's, um, the Welsh Secretary, to... You know, resign because basically what they're saying is he's complicit in collapsing a rape trial because he hasn't basically said anything. He's stood by this guy Ross England, who's a bit been a bit lost in this actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So to be fair, Cairns is really taking all the flack for this. So Cairns is um, so Cairns is 
resigned since resigned as Welsh Secretary or Secretary of State for Wales. Um, Secretary of State of West England, but he is still standing as the the uh, Westminster candidate in the forthcoming elections for the Vale of Glamorgan. He's had he's been backed by Boris Johnson. Um, so he's back. Yeah, he's resigned from what is basically a symbolic, um, <laughs> you know. The thing with role anyway, and and wants to stand again as a, as a minister, which he may well succeed in doing. I've got a very, <laughs> I'd never use the word sympathetic. I've got a very strange view of Ken's in that he, a lot of people like spend their time attacking Ken's because he is obviously an incredibly obsequious toad. He's a brown noser, you know. He, he spent like particularly under Theresa May, he's been, he you know. He will do whatever it takes, basically, to stay in his stay in his post. You know, say anything, um, and because he actually looks like a little, like a little dwarf, like boy, yeah. or something, and he's just so he looks like a marionette he, who's but, come to life. Yeah, but he's so sort of he's like the court boy. <coughs> yeah, but he's so yeah. feeble. He's so feeble. He's just like someone that will do cans. Go get me some water. Yeah, the old Ken's. Go collapse a rape trial. Yeah, the old dance for us, Ken's. But yeah, but he's but he and he does all these things with a little grin, like yes, sir, yeah, you know, no, sir, whatever. Um, and we've always said that Ken's is a bit of a red herring because like things like the um the Prince of uh, Prince of Wales Bridge, things like that, people blame Ken's. Then it transpired that like Harwin Jones was like massively in on it and had been promoting it as well. So Ken's got like a flack for that, which sort of detracted from you know Welsh Labour. Um, but this is obviously this is obviously. You know, a bridge, bridge too far. It's it's pretty horrific. Um, but what is mad is that people are now thinking there's going to be some cause and effect in Welsh politics, and I'm just I just don't think anything shocks me. Like when people are saying about oh this has happened, it's like okay, well what do you think is going to happen? You know, there's no there's no, never any scrutiny. The, the difference is this is a Welsh story that's made it onto the Westminster news, whereas you know our first minister allegedly driving one of his ministers to suicide got like pushed under the carpet and he just mm. didn't no one gave a shit there's no like there hasn't been a single ministerial resignation in devolved politics in 20 years you know there's they I can't think of it last time someone has actually stood down in Wales or have to face the music for something they've done so it's almost it's just been a bit strange for people to call for Ken's to mm. something that's going to happen whereas I'm so jaded and cynical I just assume well why would people think that there's going to be any consequence to this there never has been in Welsh politics there's never been any cause effect because people don't People don't hear about these things, and because politicians are psychopaths, and Ken's Ken's is a psychopath as well, they don't care about these things. Like they don't. He doesn't. He doesn't give if a shit. He, about yeah. Stuff. If he, he did care, he was he would resign yeah. as the minister for for Vale Morgan, wouldn't he? You know, this is a this is a despicable <laughs> act. You know that he's been in on, and broadly supported, and is implicated in morally. You know, but no, he won't stand down. Uh, because yeah, he's a psychopath. Uh, can I put a, a question further? Do you think any of his constituents, uh, people in the constituency, will actually care? Well, no, and, and the, but it, and this is the mad thing about politics—not just in Wales, but everywhere now. I mean, a lot of liberal people would be, "Oh, this happened." You know, same. Remember when Trump? You know, Trump made fun of like disabled people. He was like openly racist during his campaign. Like no one gave a shit. Like no one cared. Um, we're, we're through the looking glass in that respect. You're not going to get people aren't like. Politicians are psychopaths as a rule. You know they they don't have the same morals and uh, feelings and values as, as as normal people do because they disgrace themselves. They lie. They cheat. They on a daily basis. And and you know they'll like even like the the Labour front like resignations now. You know Tom Watson, Owen Smith, all these all these like people who've resigned. No one resigns because of moral 
of morality mm. or because of the principles. They do it because they're either going to get deselected by their CLP or they want to somehow stab someone else in the back. It's never a principled stance. So I don't know. I kind of feel a bit... I got a bit upset at how jaded, how jaded I was. Like, you know, mm. it's just like this story came out and it's horrific, but I was like, well, what do people think is going to happen? You know, it's... I don't know. I mean, what do you I mean, do? You think he's going? I don't. I can't see him standing down. The I can see him winning, to be honest. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I mean, the interesting thing is, I mean, it it's made me think that. You know, so I thought. I mean, this is naive. I thought Ken's was like a like an avatar, like this weird, just you know, he's like a um, like an empty figurehead who you know the whole point of the Secretary of State for Wales, it was like a colonial Secretary of State for Wales, defined by Judge Thomas. The whole point of that role is to be, you know. Is to screw Wales over, you know, is to basically yeah, like administer support English, to, admi- to support the Union, administer English, like, you know, British rule in Wales, whatever, bind Wales further into the British state. And, like, Cairns' role is basically being to promote this, like, you know, integration of, like, Wales, particularly, like, Newport and Deeside into the British economy to stop Wales becoming more of an independent nation, yada, yada, yada. But I've always just seen him as this, as you said, like a, a marionette. That's being, like, Do you know what happened to Cairns when he was a kid? Him. No. Well, so he... um He's really kind of like bummed out that um, he wasn't growing up quick enough. So he made a wish on this like kind of like um, theme park device and it granted his wish of oh, like yeah. becoming like an adult. Mm, yeah. But that kind of wish messed up. So he became an adult, but in a child's body. All right. And that's that's what's yeah, happened ever that, since. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, I mean, like, listen, we'll grant you your wish, but it comes at a price. I have. I've just always viewed him as this like, again, I would never say like benign, but almost <laughs> like, almost like this, almost like a... What's it called? Like a cipher, like someone who's not. He he almost isn't a real person. Do you know what I mean? He's but the, re- the rest of the Tory cabinet, he might he, he must just be viewed as this freak anomaly, like a, just a, just a novelty, basically. Yeah, because you he know, just. Oh, I mean, if, the Welsh. Well, do you remember? Guy. But do you remember when he used to sit in and everyone was like resigning over Brexit when they like all the Tory front bench and stuff and like quit and being fired, and then in like every promises question, he's literally just like sat next to it yeah. just like grinning because he's like look he's like look i'm on tv like <laughs> like i've got a job i'm a politician mum you know like he's like, um but then obviously this you know i think the marionette the curse is he's been cursed a bit further and so yeah. he's obviously yeah he, he is a, a he did emotionally he, grow really he, did he? he is a pernicious marionette he's he is not mm. someone who is like no, he's not neutral. he is uh he is far more sinister than we previously thought basically um, it's like an evil jester. He's, yeah, he's like a Welsh version of Chucky the Doll. Oh, yeah, sorry. But it, yeah. I, I mean, seriously though, like trying to. You're you're right, Dan. You said, but you know, you can't translate the mindset of politicians into ordin- the, the mind of an ordinary person. But racked, racked by, you were, by guilt if you do something but, wrong. Yeah. Well, exactly. But you know, imagine you were friends with someone who did something like that in a rape trial. I know, my God. And this, you know, you wouldn't want to talk to them again. It, it, it just wouldn't even be. An issue with it, you it would just yeah, yeah, you would, you, you would hope so, wouldn't you? But then, I mean, obviously, it shows how I mean, vile Boris Johnson is. You know, if he had any integrity as a man, he would be like, right, Ken's is out. Um, we don't endorse this. Um, <laughs> then you've got these like centrist commentators, like, is this what the Conservative Party's come to? Like, well, yeah. Christ, I mean, what do these people? What do these people do? Like, where, like, why do they think that these people, the, the Tory Party, would have any decency? Like, you know. Um, Luckily, luckily, though, it, yeah, it doesn't look like the Conservatives point. are going to get in with now this uh, strong Remainer pact that we've got going. <laughs> so, the, well, so this is an interesting thing. Like the 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 Liberals and Plaid and the Greens, I mean, who had no chance of winning the veil anyway, but they've apparently stood stood aside now to let Labour have a 
a run at Cairns. They've magnanimously so, yeah. decided every seat they had no chance. So there is a chance that um, there is a chance that Labour could win in the most Tory part of Wales. I guess. Um, do, do you I think guess, it, you know? I guess. I guess if the Liberals aren't standing, then. It's like it's a scene in Lord of the Rings, split, isn't it? When they all put in their axe and their bow and their stuff, like, oh, we'll band together, just step aside and let someone with a chance, like. But it does bring us on to the the election and what's going to happen in Wales. So um, we've had the introduction of a Remain Remain alliance, like, so this genius brain idea where Plaid, <laughs> the Liberals and the Greens are sort of standing aside of one another tactically in seats where um, they want a Remainer to win. Um I mean, for most, I'd say, normal people, for socialists, this would appear to be, like, one of the stupidest ideas ever. Um, because what the Plaid want, right? Plaid want a second referendum. Yeah, that's it. They want a second referendum. They want to remain. They've gone, like, hard remain, and, like, their whole message is remain, even though, what was it, 40% in the Ashcroft poll of, like, Plaid supporters voted leave. Um, so it's then, like, complete, completely dismissing, like, anyone from South Wales, I, I guess, basically. Um but also, like Labour's new policy is to to put a second referendum on the table, yeah. Yeah. the option of remain. Like, I mean, I, I I agree with everyone that Labour's policy on Brexit has been like useless and like a massive fudge. But like, at least it's relatively coherent now, and it's you know it is going to be a Labour deal or remain. You know, that's that's a second referendum. Like, you know, if you want that, you can move mm-hmm. remain. And I think Adam Johannes said did like a nice little thread on the remain alliance, the reality of the remain alliance. It's like if you look at somewhere like Bridgend, which is a Labour Tory mm. marginal, so it could go to the Tories. Brexit you, party as well. I went to the train station yesterday and I saw Brexit party people campaigning. And funny enough, like on their Brexit party placard behind it was an old Labour one. Yeah. So what this Remain Alliance could in on paper lead to is basically the Tory. The Tories getting in because you know if you if you wanted a second referendum you would probably you would look at making a coalition a tactical coalition with Labour really and like what's what they're going to do if they if they run against Labour in Bridgend or whatever then that obviously increases the likelihood of the Tories winning unless the Brexit party yeah it's it's weeks like last election two thousand seventeen I thought that the UKIP vote would have naturally found its way to the Tories but it found its way back to Labour. So these are basically like almost in some instances disenfranchised Labour voters going yeah, to the Brexit party. I absolutely think that um, I think the Welsh Labour are going to get personally like hammered in a lot of seats by the Brexit party because you know th- this election has just blown my mind the little how the, the contempt Welsh political class have for um, Welsh people basically like I me mean, you'd forget that like Wales voted Leave like by a, a, a relatively big majority you know what I mean like. So many local authorities voted leave. All the main political parties are campaigning hard for Remain. Like, how on earth do people think that's going to work out? If like your local politicians come to you saying, "What do you vote for? Leave. I want to leave." Okay, well we're going hard for Remain. We don't give a shit about you. Can we count? Uh, your vote? Address, can we try into address? Can we count on your vote? People yeah. Wanted to vote leave. So I'll put down as a maybe. And if you look at all the Welsh Labour bods on on Twitter, you know they're out campaigning. It's like we are the only Remain party. Blah blah. So they're all. You know, applied liberals and the and Labour are actually like squabbling on the ground about like who can be the biggest like hardcore Remainer. Whereas if you look at what you should be doing in the Corbyn manifesto well, and how yeah. strong it is and their ideas coming out yeah. of England and the way it's resonating uh, with people, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like fight against austerity. Yeah. It's the chance like real change. That's the messaging coming out of like Corbyn's camp. You know, was it for real change? You know, like we can actually build a better society. 
what's Welsh Labour's message on the ground? Uh, remain. Like, we'll just overrule, we just yeah. ignore your... Like, it's a, it, making this election about Brexit, even though it is obviously going to be a massive element of it, is going to be such a disaster. And, like, the, the Remain alliance is just... Is so moronic, it's unbelievable. But the thing is, why would you get in bed with Swinson? Joe Swinson is a conservative. She is a Tory. Like, and what I think is nuts is that she said so many times already. One, she's absolutely committed to the integrity of the UK. So what do Plaid think she's going to do? Mm. She's not sympathetic to Welsh nationalism at all. She isn't. Um, she's also a complete like pro austerity warmonger. Like, she's, do you see her on the yeah. the thing when they were like, "Would you press a nuclear button?" Yes, I would. Yeah. No think, no press think, it twice. Yeah, no thinking about it. Won't go I mean, into 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 an alliance with Corbyn because yeah. he won't. She is a psychopath. Yeah, she said she wouldn't go into an alliance with Corbyn because he wouldn't nuke people and incinerate yeah. people. Joe Swinson is one is is absolutely terrifying. She is not somebody you want to get into bed with, but like she is, she's nuts. She's, I mean, she's she's dead behind the eyes. Mm. She's and the, the mad thing about it is. I think the Liberals now, because of this stupid fucking pact that Plaid and the Greens have hit on, the Liberals could well be like kingmakers. Yeah. They could have like, and the thing is, what do people think is going to happen? You have repeated before, wouldn't you? They just she like line up with in, the Tories. She is going to go into coalition with the Tories every single time. She's yeah. said it on multiple occasions. Yeah. She would never countenance putting Jeremy Corbyn into number into ten down street. She she would not do it. So, so I actually think my theory about the Remain Alliance is that Plaid. So bear in mind, like Adam Price is now the leader of Plaid, and he's coming with this huge amount of fanfare and he's like the Mab de Rogan, you know, the whole Plaid thing is now basically his cult of personality. Like Adam Price said this, Adam's a genius. You know, this is like, you know, we're going to win everything. Um, I think he's absolutely shitting himself. Absolutely shitting himself that Plaid are going to lose seats in this election. And his whole thing was like, Leanne didn't modernise the party. I'm going to make Plaid this like election winning machine, yada, yada. And well, yeah, exactly. The Remain message is not going to win seats in Wales. No, like, you've given, and this also means that, w- w- which I suspected they were doing, they're doubling down on their core support and they've basically given up on winning over people in South Wales. Mm. They've given up on that. Mm. Um, but the mad thing is, I think that, so the Liberal, the, the Remain Alliance isn't in place in Ceredigion. So I think, you know, Plaid, they're still going to be fighting in um, against one another in Ceredigion. So Plaid won that by a whisker last time. But, you know, Ben Lake got in, and I actually think that was because the students were all away. So the, um, and I think the Liberals will probably come back and win Ceredigion this time um, because, like, you know, why would you try to out-remain a people? That shouldn't be a message because, like, the Liberals are always going to always going to win. I yeah. Think. Um, but I think that the Remain Alliance is a defensive. It's actually a defensive strategy from Plaid. It's like because I I don't think that they think they're actually going to win any new seats. Um, I know they're targeting Anglesey, but I honestly think for them it's like well. We got to hold on to what we it's have. just managing fallout, really, aren't they? Because yeah. if he loses, if like you know, if if Plaid lose seats, given that Adam Price has marketed himself as his political genius, how on earth are you going to spin that? You know, how on earth are you going to spin it if like you've taken over from Leanne Wood after slagging her off for like a year, saying, "Oh, she's she's naive. She didn't do well for us in Westminster." I mean, the whole the whole point was Plaid actually gained seats under Leanne in the last election, even though it was a complete two horse race. She managed to gain seats in, like, impossible circumstances where, like, in South Wales, it was a straight choice between Labour and Conservatives. So loads of Plaid voters landed their votes to Labour. Okay, whilst Labour then, like, turned around and and shouted at them and and laughed at them and that'll never happen again. But she did really well, I think, under very trying circumstances for Plaid. And that wasn't enough for, like, you know, Adam's supporters. It was like, oh, no, well, Leanne hasn't done well here. So the defence, for me, the Remain Alliance is like, oh, shit, I think... That I, it's hard. It's hard, you know, being leader applied. I'd imagine, and he's realised that now. So this Remain Alliance is like, oh, let's 
it's damage limitation because if the golden boy loses this like loses seats in the first election it's just gonna look absolutely ridiculous i was thinking it'd be good uh if that does happen we can play that um video of him walking around uh we played in reverse like where are pike gonna win i know they're going for anglesey that's their that's gonna be one of their big targets um but like played held on to arvon you know carnarvonshire last time i think by like 80 votes really yeah like labor absolutely flew up so they're gonna have a they've got and, and if and and they've got a real battle on their hands you know to be i don't know to, to to try to cling on to what they've got, it's, and and the message of just being like we are remain, I just it just seems, I just feel it. I remember doing this talk with Hu in the Senedd, and Hu said, "Oh, I think maybe it was one of the, maybe it was a politician." They said, "Well, you know, yes, there's loads of problems in Wales, but unlike, you know, Westminster, we haven't got a political class that's like out of touch with every everyday people. You know, like you, you know, we still ride the bus and." And yada yada yada, and if you want to get in contact with us, you can. You see us on the street, and we were like nodding along. Obviously, this is before Brexit, but what Brexit's revealed is that like not a single person who's in politics probably knows anyone that's voted leave for one. So the like it's all it, it's just a classic case of people talking amongst themselves. They think that everyone they know is a Remainer. Um, their politics are reducible to like supporting the EU, no class politics, no awareness of like the realities of the EU, whatever, and it's just. It just illuminates how isolated they are, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and the, almost the thought of like representing your, like I never thought I'd say this. Stephen Kinnock's probably got the most coherent position in like the whole of like. He hasn't like, deviated Welsh, Welsh political program. class because he's pro Remain, but when Tobert like so he's obviously doing it for naked careerism, you know, like his constituents voted leave overwhelmingly, and he was like, oh well, I can't listen to him, otherwise I'll lose my seat. So it doesn't come from this like principled position, but at least it makes he's like, all right, well. I'm gonna to have to listen to people. Yeah. Everyone else is like, no, I'm not listening to you. Like, yeah. no, you, you're idiots. Like, um, yeah. so if that was me, I would have spent the last three years listening to people and saying, well, why are you pissed off? Mm. Not just like, and and I don't know. For me, it just shows how out of touch Plaid and and the Liberals are as well. And I just don't see what Plaid are gonna. What do they think they're gonna win? If if know. only we had better institutions and smarter people staying here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Good segue, Nate. Thanks. Yeah, That's gonna be my smooth. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that, just so segue what, and stuff. What, 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 I think talk- it's a way of what, what are you talking about? All right, well, Kira mentioned something. Uh... Oh, the article on uh, on Brain Drain. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah. <laughs> brain Drain has been resurrected as a as a concept in Wales again. But, you know, there is this issue that people leave in Wales because, um, well, for a multitude of reasons, it's a shithole. <laughs> there's no jobs. <laughs> but there's no jobs. There isn't an economy to support jobs and job creation and meaningful uh you know graduate jobs or or otherwise and so you know generally people are so this is this article that's on the bbc website yeah so it's on the main page of the bbc website yeah so basically it's coverage of um a recent article in the journal in a journal called uh, <laughs> the nature of human behavior the Na- nature and human human behavior journal and the title of the article is um, genetic correlates of social stratification in great britain oh great um, Banging title, which that is. sounds eugenicist and is bluntly, <laughs> nakedly eugenicist. So, uh, one of the leading authors of the article, Dr. David Hugh Jones, who I will emphasize is an economist, right? And doesn't he work in Norwich? He works in Norwich in UEA, yeah. And so he's complaining that it's been a 
brain, not just a brain drain from from Wales, but also that this also results in a gene drain. Oh, because the Ubermensch are moving out of Wales. Yeah. All the, oh, that's good. And yeah. all the Canada <laughs> Alphas. Uh, all the Aryans. Like, well, did you see that? Remember the BBC article? And it was like the human race is going to split into two uh, species. And there's like this little. And they did this illustrated like artless impression, and it was just like oh, yeah, little, yeah. basically little troll versus like, on Ken's versus yeah, Ken, yeah. Was, yeah, Ken's versus Johnny Mercer basically. Like, is, isn't um, that isn't that basically the plot of the Time Machine, where like half of the human race is living underground as like mole people? Like, yeah, and I mean it hits mole men. As, as a as a bald <laughs> short man. I was like that's a bit close to home. That is like, to be honest, I've got Aryan well, that, blood in my veins. Well, that is what's kind of funny is that the um you know it was obviously this was an academic article published in an academic journal but there was a kind of a mainstream well, version of it published in the conversation inequality now leads to people's now extends to people's DNA <laughs> and the, <laughs> the photo that illustrates it is a lot of miners in a colliery in Wrexham he was born poor look at these uh, no, so trolls the, yeah so the so the implication underlying it is that like the people who are leaving are genetically gifted and superior, and then and or, just, or more, yeah, more naturally ambitious and or more naturally gifted, and that the country starts to get shit because it's of a these, recessive these, gene, isn't yeah, it? The recessive like, gene, sort uh, of laziness gene, yeah, yeah the laziness gene, the non uh, move to London gene. People start breeding with one another, and they breed, they you know they, they just they, debase, yeah, the, and the the gene yeah, pool. and then you, mm. you give birth to these like. Non-ambitious kids. People, uh, like, um, people they, like us. Yeah. They come out. The if kids come out left, sleeping. So if you haven't left Wales, you know um, you are. Sort that of means like, you're an unambitious yeah. troll. But, the, the but is, this is what made me laugh. Was that or not laugh? Cry actually. <laughs> cry um, with laughter. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> a laugh yeah, with crying. Laugh like. with crying. <laughs> uh, this guy's an economist, okay, uh, and he says. If an area becomes poor and the most ambitious people and everyone who has talent leaves, leaving just the left behind, that makes it much harder for that area to recover. He wished he had an answer. I don't think there is one, he said. <laughs> Amazing. This is an economist saying, no, this is, this, this is actually no What about answer to this. strengthening and creating a... new institutions? No, there's literally no answer. Every, it, yeah, what about like... a new politics that maybe... Mm. Kieran, there's no answer. Sorry. I've I, thought about this for five yeah. minutes. I do feel like it's redistribution of wealth. No, 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 no there's no it's answer. Day, isn't it? You know, we've been saying for what three years. People like Calvin Jones, Mark Cooper, like anyone who's remotely progressing in Wales, been saying like the reason people leave Wales because there's no jobs. If you want to avoid that, you have to build up infrastructure in Wales, move the Welsh economy away from being a, like a branch plant lumpen economy that like the Welsh, where the Welsh government is actually actively advertising on the world stage as a place with low wages. That's the, the Welsh government are like their their own economic strategy documents perpetuate this because they're saying to international companies. If you come to Wales, the salary costs are lower because we don't expect. Because we're literally a giant fund We're passive, like. yeah. So it's, you know, come and set up your call centres, your brands fancy here. The reason people leave Wales is because there's no work. Like you know, it's not. But in the same breath, they'd be like, "Oh, Ford's left for some reason." Oh hmm. yeah, yeah. And so oh, if weird. you don't want people to leave, mate, whatever his name, like you just build up the economy. It's not, but like. I always, I know, like I view the Welsh government as like this big evil institution. But I mean, I don't know whether they're evil or they're just stupid. But like, they talk about. I remember there, there was the brain drain came up years ago. I mean, I was writing a paper on it at Wizard, and um, you know, because and we were interview, you know, we surveyed all these kids and it was like, what you want to like, you know, the questions were like, what are you going to do when you're older? Do you think you'll be able to stay in Wales if you want to do the job you want? And a huge proportion were like, no, gotta leave to England. And then this was like, oh my god, how does this happen? We're like, well. Because it's reality. That's what happens. You can't. You can't. If you want to do something, you know, like if you want to be a vet, you can't study veterinary. You know, you can't be a vet in Wales because Welsh unis don't have a veterinary course. You know, and there, there is there is a big market for uh, sheep. Uh, <laughs> but there's all these things, and like you know, the, the Welsh government has actually got this thing called the Sarah Network, which is literally encouraging. Hmm. 
the smartest kids to leave Wales to go to Oxbridge and, and basically never come back. And so it's like and built subsidise it. their tuition yeah. fees. Yeah, and it's like it's so it's actually Welsh government policy to subsidise brain drain. And then Dawn Bowden, obviously an absolute genius, like um, the AM for Merth. I remember she was on this show and she said, "Well, it's just like you know a gap year. I think it's terrible that we're saying people shouldn't leave." And it was just like it, I couldn't work out whether it's like this bad faith argument or she was. Just that thick, like I was like, people aren't coming back though, Dawn. That's the point. It's a gap gap year year. where they leave for uni, get a job, start a family, uh, die, and then hopefully they'll be buried back here. Then and then, I always think the funny thing about, I mean, I probably hang around with communists a bit too much because I'm bringing this back to the EU. But the funny thing about the brain drain is that people in Wales who bemoan this, you know, people implied will say that isn't it terrible that the rural areas are losing all the kids and all all the Welsh kids have to go to London to find work there. These are the same people who worship the EU, which like literally has seen the complete decimation of like accession states, you know, in Eastern Europe who have lost, like their birth rate has literally gone down. Like the, the population is declining because so many of these kids are actually forced, like forced to leave these poor countries to go and do menial work in in the UK, in France, in Germany, and they think that's fantastic. But when it apply, yeah. when they apply well, they, it to Wales, yeah. they're yeah. like, "Oh, this well, is awful. We need to build up our economy." <laughs> and <laughs> it's a different the, story the when it's a Polish person picking yeah. strawberries, I mean, isn't it? It's built around an economic model which supports the agglomeration of massive city conurbations, <laughs> right? So naturally, that the, the whole idea is to try and build economic structures around, you know. It, it, the whole model is built around sucking talent into um, central regions and core regions, right? And so it's this bizarre paradox where you've got, you know, plied MPs who are su- suggesting that it's ben- more beneficial to support that economic model, which is exactly what is causing this drain in Wales. You know, it, it's... It, read some F in Wallerstein, like. <laughs> I, what I don't, I mean, I obviously, I do like to get high off my own supply, but I will, I plug an article I wrote, what, five years ago for Click on Wales, about Wales being a lumpen region. I mean, like, people, Welsh politicians literally get capital out of Wales remaining poor and being this, like, desperate, um, this desperate sort of pool for cheap labour. That's what Wales is, is a pool of cheap labour. And if you want to, um, if you want to start brain drain. You have to sort the economy out. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable. But what you're saying then, Kieran, about like agglomeration, yeah, like growth polls and stuff. So I very stupidly have, was reading the Nas- the Welsh Government's National Development Framework mm. 2020 to 2040, which is basically an overarching strategic document for the development of Wales like as a whole, which covers like everything. Um, and I was reading it because I work in housing, was to look at, well, how many council houses are they going to say they build? How many affordable houses are they going to build? Um <laughs> And I stupidly started reading the whole thing. And it really is like mind-blowing how like neoliberal it is because it's all about celebrating cross-border links, the agglomeration. It's basically saying that people in Wales in the future are going to live in D-side or um, mm. base, or like or the, the, the Cardiff the and Newport Seven-side area, right? Yeah. And it's saying like this is like an inexorable trend. There's no point trying to reverse. There's no point mm. trying to build up rural areas or improving like national like infrastructure like 
intra Wales, like, like, but like for, for example, or... between like rural Wales and like Aberystwyth and like Swansea and things like that, they have the only answer is to massively develop these cross border links. And they even say in things like Welsh people are attracted by economic opportunities and jobs over the border in Bristol, um, and in Chester and Liverpool. So it's our duty as a government to support to send that them out. <laughs> so by by strengthening these cross border links. But if you even look at like, the Transport Wales plans, they're like building lines building railway lines and funding railway improvements like in England you know and it's just so this this neoliberal orthodoxy about agglomeration is like literally built into the Welsh government's document and the same people will turn around and be like oh, why are people leaving because it, it's there they're actually saying we're fine with people just disappearing over the border mm. to um, to Bristol then, and I, turn a Newport into a, a commuter town it's, it's, yeah. it's unreal and it has these social and cultural manifestations where you've got this kind of valorization celebration of mobility being yeah. you know, personal mobility being the like utmost sort of social kind of uh, badge of honour is that oh I've moved around they're like pioneers like yeah like there's no effort to try and sustain a way of thinking around well maybe it's better for talented ambitious people to to create institutions where they live <laughs> you know to try to improve things where they live rather than to celebrate this which brings us like... back to our patreon one of the most one of the bad faith comebacks that, like people like don bowen and welsh labor used to use when people say like brain drain like they basically imply that like to complain about brain drain was like this nationalist like plot and they would mm. say things like oh what you want to stop people studying in england you want to stop people like you know stop people moving well, around you want to stop yeah. people seeing the world and like uh yeah you know, benefit themselves or grow as people. I was like, no, like that's such a bad faith, mm. like a deliberately yes. obtuse argument. We're saying mm. like you shouldn't should have areas that are completely decimated and like yeah. everyone leaves and just. And then that's the other thing. The Welsh government, like, we've got an increasingly old population because everyone's leaving. What mm. can we do? And then they th- they say things like they want to attract more young people from England to settle <laughs> you, um, and basically pollute the gene pool with these yeah. like um, <laughs> s- size, uh People coming in and like, uh, <laughs> but you know, but it's just ev- everything. Yeah, everything is so ass backwards. He's tall, attractive, blonde head. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, aristocracy. Attra- if you're gonna attract people in to outbreed us, to stop us becoming these like, <laughs> to becoming these stop, you know, the, the little goblin people on the BBC website. If you're gonna an Ubermensch people, just at least, at least pick like a better country. Like, at least pick like the Swedes or like, yeah, like, Danes or. Or the Germans or something like yeah, that. Scandinavians got excellent genes. Yeah, well, when like, we were in Berlin, we thought that was spirit. the kind of like uh, part of their rebuilding effort was just to get the most attractive people into one city. Like, well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, they are. Yeah, so bring them over, incentivize the Swedes to come and sell and and breed with the local population. Mm. I <laughs> Sub- subsidize Sweden, like yeah. Um, well, the most does. Anyway, I'm convinced within foreign. within a generation we can raise the average height of Australians <laughs> by an inch. <laughs> But which which will lead to more like, more we're jobs. Jo- we're in... joking about this, but like this this article, the one on the about brain drain, which as you said, has, has, when you click on the, like some of the the academics or research that underlies it, underpins yeah. it, it is literally as you said eugenics. It's literally saying that poor people are stupid. And there's been on Twitter like a bunch of think tank people recently have been pulled up, and people are like, "Is this guy actually saying that like people are stupid because they're because they're genetically inferior?" And that's never that far away from. The service when we're talking about poverty in the UK and it's coming like more and more prominent now and it w- I mean the logical end point is going to be like well just sterilise poor people or whatever um, but if you're going to play the game if that's how it's going and at least you know every Welsh man should be given like allocated a Swedish wife um, uh, well more than one more than one <laughs> um, 
I, I don't know. It's just I, I find the whole thing unbelievably depressing. I I, I, that's what I, that's what I find most depressing is that you know a mainstream conversation about an issue like brain drain How could, is dominated by someone who says, um, "I don't know no, I don't is. think there's an answer." Yeah. He's an economist, but the Welsh and the fact of course, the Welsh you, you, But the thing is, it's uh, it's bad faith because he, of course he knows what the answer is. To well, the yeah, no, like but like not because I think like. If you read, if you ever read Capitalist Realism, which we talked about in a neoliberal part, like, you know, and like the idea of there not being any alternative, that is, is, you'll never see a better example of Capitalist Realism than when you ever read a Welsh government uh, strategy document. And I, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say I recommend you read it, but I mean, it's also incredibly depressing to read. Um, so bear in mind, we've got people like Calvin Jones, you know, radical economists on like in Wales who are trying to bring this stuff to people's attention. I'm like, mm. oh, maybe this isn't the right way to do things. Um, every single one of the Welsh government sort of documents, like if you read even Natural Resources Wales, things like that, like stuff on the arts, which the we'll talk about in culture, a second, yeah. culture, it's so like deeply neoliberal and like permeated by these like orthodox, like these orthodoxies. It's just, it's obviously impossible for them to see. Like, you know, there's a lot of like radical stuff which goes against like the, the idea of agglomeration within e- economics. But, you know, why, like, for example, why don't they pick up those theories to look at? You know, if they're meant to be this like social democratic government, why wouldn't you engage with like cutting edge economics? Why would you engage with orthodox capitalist economics and say that agglomeration is the way forward? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, this brings us onto Kieran's uh, cultural. Well, you know, uh, you you are right. I'm just trying to think of how to frame that really. But it, reading these documents, you do get a sense of um, the ways that neoliberalism imposes its kind of discursive authority on the kinds of activity that become possible you know it sort of it, it limits the conversation around these you got these big broad meta concepts of sort of agglomeration which are always there behind the surface they're always the subtext of these documents which are which frame themselves in the language of like you know um social progress and um you know future generations yeah. and um ameliorating poverty and social exclusion but really what the kind of the kind of driving force behind it all is is how all human activities human social political cultural activities has to be quantified and has to be um you know um sort of justified in the language of um business of business and corporate Money, new public, new public management, Every, it, it, and the way, but there's just the way you know. And Mark Fisher talks about it in capitalist re, um, realism, but the way that this 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 language and this mode of thinking infects every area of social and cultural and political activity, and that's what's so scary is that you know, and and what's so depressing is the way that uh, Welsh government and national assembly frame themselves as this progressive social democratic uh, institutions. But but I, I, I adopting this language more uh, more aggressively than anyone else really. I mean, in, in every field and, and, as well. and this is what you know. This is what's going to happen. If, this is what people I think are not realizing about um, what might happen. You know, if if we did get a Corbyn government, is that these things can't be implemented in Wales no. because we have institutions which uh, are not you know able to like accommodate um, progressive policies. But that, yeah, so. These strategy documents just reveal just how prominent these ideas are in Welsh public and political life, and that's what's so scary. Just as an example, so uh, this week, um, a new um, 
consultation document came out sort of summarising the results of this this consultation on culture, which had been done earlier this year. It's called Count Me In, and it's all about, well, it's about, you know... The, well, that the, sounds really regressive. You know, mm. that sounds really, like, radical, doesn't it? Of course it, it does. In Count the best me in. of Welsh Labour. Tackling poverty and social... Uh, exclusion through culture, heritage, and the arts. Right, uh, exactly. On the surface, it sounds great, and I'm sure some of the people involved in writing this document have had some <laughs> have people's best interests in mind. I, I would like to think that they do. You know, Beth Sayed is the, was the ch- committee chair, and like she has been raising some some important questions uh, in the Senate recently, especially around culture. I'm appropriating it. <laughs> But, but I don't know, and some of the recommendations are really are really good. But it, it, what worries me is that it's, you know, it's this idea that well, culture has to be um, instrumentalized. You know, yeah. you can't. It, it's unthinkable to imagine a possibility where oh, maybe artists and musicians and creative people actually have good ideas of their own and that maybe they want to try and use creative expression as a way of countering neoliberalism and countering, you know, and, and, and doing subversive things and interesting things. Like start but a no, podcast, like start which podcast. relies on patrons. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, that, you know, the, the whole language of culture has to be shaped around this this idea that well, how can we use culture to ameliorate these these structural problems, which you know are so much bigger than you can possibly like begin to address with like a few quid chucked at a couple of arts projects, you know, and the and the little money then that is available to artists is being um, is is incredibly difficult for artists to get their hands on because of how much bureaucracy it takes to be able to put a bid into the arts council to get this money because they have targets. to show that they're hitting targets or they're getting X number of people into work yeah. or they're, you know, how many, so, yeah. Well, one, it's fascinating. In our the book that we're going to, well, which will be coming out soon, um, watch this space um, or, well, come out soon. That's, uh, Christmas, start, isn't we're it? Gonna start thinking <laughs> let's about just say, let's, just say, let's just say Christmas. Yeah. Not you. We won't specify the year. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, Dave Frain, um, who wrote The Refusal of Work, is going to contribute to that. And, um, Dave's chapter is going to be incredibly interesting because he actually, despite being this really radical bloke, somehow ended up at Wizard, um, which is not a radical institution, uh, doing stuff on communities first. Um, and he is going to write about how, and Russell Todd mentioned it in his podcast on communities and communities first in Wales, is how something had some real potential <laughs> gradually got suffocated and crushed by the Welsh government's obsession with like getting people back into work and consequently setting targets for absolutely everything so it's like well how this is a very interesting initiative but how can you write a bid to get the money which shows how many people you've employed or how many like so it's quant as you said it's quantifying everything and and that's what's interesting about new public management is and it's particularly um evident in education there's a book called teaching by numbers which is fantastic and it's just how you know target culture and datorization is just infected teaching mm-hmm. and how you can't do anything unless you evidence it and you know how Yes. Okay. So you're a fantastic, inspirational teacher, but how many children have you moved from yeah. from a C to a B, and you know, and how many targets have you hit? And, and what happens is the people who end up getting the money in these places are necessarily the people who are smart enough, or, yeah. or, or not smart enough, but who are experienced who can speak enough the language, and close yeah. enough to government who, who can speak the language of, of sort of corporate uh, grant getting. Yeah. And they're oh yeah, we've done this, blah blah. Their project might be a load of shit, but if you're a working class artist. 
how are you going to... Yeah, well, oh, that, right. that's oh. the other thing. It t- because it takes an education to be able to write these bids. Exactly. You know, it takes a certain kind of education to be able to write, to speak that language and to write those bids. And so, obviously, that's going to limit the kind of activity that becomes possible. Like, you know, But as it, you said, the idea that art might have some inherent intrinsic value in and of itself is just seen as so... It's just, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't well, even it have does, been... They wouldn't even conceive of it. And that's, it doesn't and that, compute. And that's, and that's like, capitalist yeah, realism. It's like, yeah. well, no, everything has to hit anti-poverty targets. You know, how about you like improve the economy yeah. of a society and let artists do that? I was, and, th- I was thinking about the right metaphor for it earlier, but it, it's like putting a plaster on a bullet wound, a head wound. Mm. You know what I mean? Trying to suggest... I Obviously, I, I'm, I'm pro... Um, shooting people in the, the arts, you know, and I hope that and everyone one... wants poverty to disappear. Like I was saying, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Of, of these, yeah, but it's just trying to. Um, well, why is the burden use... fall on people like on stuff like this? It's like it shouldn't be falling on. It does sound like an elaborate scheme, though. It's like, oh, listen, um, for like to really boost the arts, we're just going to reduce people more into poverty, and hopefully, like a new hip hop will come out or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That... <laughs> <laughs> Skeptor, I like your new album, but how many people did you employ uh, uh, in, in yeah. the course of this album? In the course of writing it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it's incredibly bleak. It's just they're two different discourses that just do not match up, you know, and they never will. And I think that that's maybe something to embrace, is that, you know, art and creativity is is the best art, the best music is oppositional and subversive, and that you have to give you know, people the space to be able to just do what they're going to do. You can't instrumentalize that and you can't say, okay, we'll give you this amount of money to do this art project, but you've got to tell us exactly how many people it's reached. You've got to tell us exactly how many people have got a job interview as a result of their engagement with your project. Right, it's, it's just a stifling, stultifying... Yeah. It's a really... Yeah, it's, it's so pernicious, though. Yeah, and exactly, it, And yeah. it's the way that... Smothering. Yeah, the, and it, and it, and it, this language infects every, every area of public life, you know. And that's you know this what's this document, National Development Framework, twenty twenty two. I urge people to never read it. Yeah. <laughs> However, if uh, if anyone does know of any funding, please let us know. <laughs> okay, <coughs> so if you want to listen, oh, you, you mentioned oppositional. Um, interesting. If you want to know what that means, you should listen to our Raymond Williams podcast, which. Uh, we did very. Um, uh, we did recently. Recently, um, we've got some interesting stuff the coming most up. Su- successful episode <laughs> we've done. Yeah, yeah, slap, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> no, um, we've got some uh, interesting stuff coming up. So stay tuned. Um, we'll you- say as well that interesting stuff coming up is thanks to our patrons and to be sincere, yeah, it has allowed yes. us to kind of do more than we could coming yeah. out of our own back pockets. Yeah, it exactly. Really has. Yeah. So, so thanks to is, everyone this who contributes. Yeah. All the rest are going to be behind the paywall. It is, yeah. So everything's uh, so um, unless we get Welsh government funding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have reached this amount of people uh, every month, and yeah. um, I have. How many people have got jobs as a result? No, I know people. No, no. All right. So, um, thanks for listening. Very uh, and as I said, tell your friends. Um, Oliver, would you like uh, to special shout out? I can do an extra special shout out. Oliver's Oliver's going to do a rap for us. And then, so I gotta do beef. Yeah. You, you don't have do to do beef. beef. No, you, you, yeah, you do. Beef. Yeah, you do. Come to the mic. Mike, come to the mic. So, who are the shout outs again? My mum. Yeah. Um, no reason necessary. And Fee. Um, she asked me to give her a shout out. Ledge. So. Hello, Fee. Hello, Fee. And official beef with the filmmaker Sean Thomas. Oh, yeah. He yeah. says he's, he's just beef. told me. It's been he's, a brain drain. He's moving to London. Well, yeah. not a huge loss. <laughs> <laughs> Do not move to London. Everyone troll him. Yeah, okay. that's a pretty good beef. Um, <coughs> all right. So, anyone else? Uh, need to go and shout us in. Um, 
No. No, I do think of beefs every now and then, but I forget them, so All they right. can't be that beefy. Okay. Beef for the Barry Horns coming for you. I don't care if you start again. <laughs> Bunch of Tories. <laughs> All right. Kieran? No, I'm good. I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good to start on beefs. Um, I went to watch Solomon and Gaynor, the Welsh language film, oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> last night, and it was pretty amazing. And it got me thinking again about the importance of the culture stuff. I mean, it was a mind-blowing film, incredibly bleak, that actually documents the, the pogroms against Jews in Wales in 1911. Um, and I just, I, after that, I was like, why isn't this, why haven't people seen this? Like, like why isn't this like on the curriculum and things like this? Um so it really got me thinking about why we don't watch, we don't have a clue about our own culture. But that was incredibly a uh, hard-hitting movie, and I'd encourage yeah. everyone to, to sort of watch it. Um, I also saw On Bear Ridge a few weeks back, uh, which was all right. Okay, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage anyone to see it off their <laughs> own back, It's in London now, isn't it? But yeah, so London. Reece Evans is really good, isn't it? Okay. He, um, annoyingly, though, I kept waving at him and he didn't respond. Uh. But, so, like... Uh, <laughs> kept shouting at him. Yeah. Reece! Reece! Race. All right. Race. Do Spider Man race. Okay. Thank you all for listening, guys. Right. Um, I'll see you soon. Bye. Cheers. See you soon. The broadcaster and entertainer Clive Anderson has been shot dead by television host Noel Edmonds at his house in Cornwall this evening. Police attended the incident but were prevented from entering the grounds by machine gun fire. From Cornwall, Vivian Banch reports. The incident took place at around 7.30 during dinner when Mr Edmonds produced an automatic weapon and began shooting indiscriminately at his guests. One servant witnessed the bloodbath but managed to escape I intact. The, uh, I came round the grounds, round the back way, and then got through the fence over here. Any idea why Edmonds has done this? No idea. He's, he's never done it before. An hour later, Edmonds appeared at a top window with blood on his face and threw what may have been a head onto the ground below. It is not known what happened to the other guests, but Edmonds has now taken up position on his roof with an armory of precision weapons. Less than half an hour ago, he was seen firing a rocket launcher at a wedding party over a mile away. The estate is now surrounded, but police fear he may take to the air in a helicopter gunship and start spreading his massacre over hundreds of miles. The world of show business has tonight reacted with sadness and horror. Well, I just heard a rumour about it. I, uh, I don't know what's happened at all. Apparently Clive Anderson was shot. Clive Anderson was shot? By who? Not by, by Noel Edmonds, yeah. What? No. I'd say there's no excuse. None whatsoever. And if Edmonds is still inside the house? Well, just shoot him. I mean, people like me, we're supposed to be rascals. But it's your Edmonds, your Thomas Hamiltons, your Ungerford guy, all so-called nice people. They ought to shoot him off the roof as quickly as possible. Yes. And there'll be an update at 11.30 after our next scheduled programme.